if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now at nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us on this Friday, the 11th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord 2020. And that makes this the 19th anniversary. We get on the line with the CIA, the various intelligence agencies, trying to get a sense of who might have been planning something. But right now, the first order of business is to protect against a second attack, third attack. The feeling is normally when you have this kind of situation, there will be more attacks almost immediately. Let's go to the trade tower again, because, John, we now have a... What do we have? We don't... It looks like a, a new plume, a new large plume of smoke. Now, it may be that something fell off the building. It may be that something has fallen. We, we don't know, to be perfectly honest. But that is what you're looking at, is the current. That, that's the scene at this moment at the World Trade Center. Dan Daler from ABC's Good Morning America is down uh, in, in the general vicinity. Dan, can you tell us what has just happened? Yes, Peter. It's Don Daly down here. I'm four blocks north of the World Trade Center. The second building that was hit by the plane has just completely collapsed. The entire building has just collapsed as if a demolition team set off when you see the old demolitions of these old buildings. It pulled it down on itself and it is not there anymore. That should be it. It very much. completely collapsed. The whole side has collapsed? The whole building has collapsed. The whole building has collapsed? The building has collapsed. That's the southern tower you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. The second building that we witnessed the airplane enter had been, the top half had been fully involved in flame. It just collapsed. There is panic on the streets. Thousands of people running up Church Street, which is what I'm looking out on, trying to get away. But the entire, at least as far as I can see, the top half of the building, at least half of it, I can't see below that, half of it just started with a gigantic rumble, folded in on itself, and collapsed in a huge plume of smoke and dust. I like to, um, when, I, when I do these commemorative 9-11 broadcasts, which I've done now for the last 18 years, um, I like this ABC version because of Peter Jennings and his inability to comprehend what he was just told and his inability to comprehend what he, was, he had just seen. Because that kind of 
typifies and personifies what all of us uh, probably felt. We can't believe what we just saw. The reporter on the scene just told him the building collapsed. The entire South Tower collapsed. Gone. And Peter Jennings says, okay. And then he says, you mean, you mean a whole side? He can't believe the words he was just told. He can't believe the, what his own eyes just showed him. Is that just like a side of the building? And the reporter said, no, you don't understand. The whole building is gone. And then correcting himself a little bit because, of course, we know we all have seen the imagery, the smoke and the, and the ash and everything else that rises up. You can't see anything. The entirety of lower Manhattan is covered in smoke and, and in ash and in debris and in dust, etc. And you can't see the bottom half of the building. But, but So he said, well, at least the top half, half, as far as I can tell. And, of course, how would the rest of it stop uh, from collapsing? As the top of it went down, one floor by one floor by one floor, boom, 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 all the way down. You know, and of course that is what happened. But Peter Jennings said, "You mean a whole side? No, the whole building." That just kind of, you know, like I said, it, 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 it calls to mind what we all felt. None of us could understand what we were watching at the time. None of us could understand. And then to hear the stories of, oh my gosh, it's happening at the Pentagon too. And they've grounded all air travel in the United States. They've grounded all of it. But yet, there's an unaccounted plane, unaccounted for plane, United 93. It flew right over our heads. It was Cleveland air traffic control that helped monitor that flight, and of course, until the transponders were turned off, as it made that U-turn around over northeast Ohio. And ended up, of course, uh, targeting back toward Washington, D.C. It was uh, uh, over southeastern uh, Pennsylvania and what we now know, of course, as, as Ground Zero Shanksville. Um, you know, that plane uh, went down there. We, we found out about that after the fact. And none of us could understand or really conceive of what was, what was really happening. So I go back to this each and every year. To talk about, you know, like I said in the first hour of the program, we said we would never forget, and we said we would never forget the victims, we would never forget their families, we would never forget the heroes like Stephen Siller and all of the other first responders, and we said we would never uh, forget their sacrifices, and we said we would never forget the enemy. And 19 years later, I want people to remember the enemy. I don't want anybody thinking that because Osama bin Laden is dead and they finally got him after around 11 years of or 10 years of searching for him that that hey you know the 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 ledger is 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 balanced now we're all square no we are not all square it is not balanced the score is not settled and I don't want anybody thinking that. And if you do, I want to share with you a headline from today. Justice delayed. 19 years later, the 9-11 trials of those uh, conspirators who were responsible for it have been delayed again. This time by the coronavirus. After 19 years, justice has yet to be attained in the case against the plotters of the September 11 terrorist attacks. And a year dominated by a global pandemic has pushed the start of the trial at Guantanamo Bay back even further. 
Al-Qaeda terrorists crashed hijacked planes, etc., etc. But five men believed to be responsible for the plot have yet to face a trial. This, is a, this to me, is an atrocity. You know the old adage. Justice delayed is justice denied. Justice has been denied here for the victims, for their families, and more. And for a country. Because these individuals, every day that they are able to draw breath, and the victims of 9-11 are not, is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And I don't care if they're being kept at, at Gitmo. From what we have learned through the years about Gitmo, it's not as bad as maximum supermax prisons here in the United States. They've got soccer fields, they've got rec rooms, they've got all kinds of different things. Now, I don't know if these people have access to it. I like to think that they're being waterboarded on a daily basis. I'd like to think that they're being um, harshly interrogated on a daily basis. I'd like to think that we are taking a pound of flesh maybe not quite literally, but maybe so, every day of the 19 years that we have had to live with the memories of people standing and screaming and waving jackets and tablecloths and everything they can from windows in the sky because they're about to burn to death. Every time we think about the victims in those towers, pushed to the edge of the building, hanging out the windows, and facing the impossible choice of burning alive in a jet-fueled fire or leaping 1,000 feet to their deaths. Every time I think about that, I think about the jihadists and how they're living relatively comfortably for the last 19 years at Gitmo. They haven't faced that type of choice. They haven't faced that type of agony. The case's progress came to almost a complete halt amid, amid the pandemic due to travel and quarantine restrictions uh, on Cuba. The war court permits the five alleged 9-11 plotters to meet with their lawyers only face-to-face and not by phone or video conference. So no hearings have been held since late February, and the trial, which was slated to begin January 11th, or now has been, slated to begin January 11th, 2021, four months from now, has been postponed for a few months past that, if not longer, raising questions of whether jury selection will even begin before the 20th anniversary next year. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, described as the principal architect of the 9-11 attacks in the 9-11 Commission report, the close ally of Osama bin Laden, will be on trial along with his nephew, Amar al-Baluki, alleged hijacking trainer Walid bin Atash, facilitator Ramzi bin al-Sib, and al-Qaeda money man Mustafa al-Hasawi. And if I butchered some of those names, good. I don't care. All I care is that they meet their fate. Air Force Colonel Shane Cohen, who had sent the January, or I'm sorry, who had set the 2021 trial date, added to delays when he announced in March that he was retiring from the military, thus leaving the case after presiding over it for less than a year. Cohen had taken over for Air Force Colonel Vance Spath, whose undisclosed conflicts of interest led an appeals court to toss out many of his rulings. 
Our client, this nation, deserves a reckoning, said Prosecutor Edward Ryan last July in pushing for a trial, but the reckoning is yet delayed again. The judge handling the case since August is Army Colonel Douglas Watkins, and he said last month that in response to the pandemic, the commanders of the U.S. Naval Station Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and the Joint Task Force Guantanamo Bay have instituted numerous health and welfare restrictions uh, to include quarantine requirements for commission participants that make it impractical for the commission to hold hearings at the Naval Station Guantanamo Bay while the restrictions remain in place. So in other words, a, another stay of execution, if you will, for the hijack or the uh, plotters of the hijackings. This is just unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I understand about the about the the pandemic. But how are we 18 years past to get to the year 2020 and these guys have not been tried, convicted and executed? Like I said, if they're living a life of torture, it, it, it soothes my 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 rage just a little bit. It salves the wound just a little bit. But I don't know that they are. I want them waterboarded daily. And even if you've gotten all the information you can out of them, do it just on principle. And I'm sorry if that sounds savage. But if you think that's savage, I suggest you go back and look at the videos again of what happened 19 years ago. That my friends, is savage. All right. Join me at 216-901-0945, 888 The Bob France Authority, right back. I just got a message from Scott who said, I was working at Cleveland Hopkins when the plane that went down in Pennsylvania turned around over our heads. I saw the planes being brought in by the FAA, and they told any non-essential personnel to leave the tarmac. I was fueling planes when the first tower hit uh, the first plane. I think he meant to say hit the Trade Center tower. Uh, thank you, Scott. I'm, I'm looking for people's reflections and commemorations of that day. Uh, Jim is in West Park, who's got one for us on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Jim. Yes. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yes. I remember I was working at Westwood <clears throat> Country Club. And we had just finished our morning chores, you know, tees, greens, fairways, bunkers. And we were sitting in the break room when the second plane hit. And um, the, the superintendent that, that was our boss at the time, uh, Bruce Wolfner, sent us all home at noon. Uh, the whole country shut down that day. I remember that vividly. We, we were glued to our TV sets. And then I remember, around, must have been around January, we had this huge tea party rally, the west uh, end, uh, west uh, side of the flats behind Harbor Inn. I believe you were there, and Trevisano and Glenn Beck. It was about eight <clears throat> degrees and about twenty mile an hour winds, and we were all in on it. But let's not forget the first and second responders that that had lung damage that the COVID finally took them home to their creator okay thank you yeah jim thank you i appreciate it and thanks for coming out by the way last night to uh avon lake um and the, or avon rather in the avon avon lake republican club meeting that's a very good point that you make there were people who had conditions resulting from their presence uh in you know at 9 11 and in other uh 
uh, you know, in the Pentagon and so on and so forth, who uh, who eventually succumbed because of other you know viruses like the COVID nineteen virus and other things that have come in. You know, in other words, a lot of we we always say that two thousand nine hundred seventy seven people lost their lives in uh, the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and the United uh, ninety three attacks. Um, but that's just on the day. Thousands more lost their lives because of what happened and what they endured, as you just pointed out, because of COPD or other lung conditions and things like that, that all it took was other things to attack their systems to kill them. So people died after the fact because of what happened to them that day. And that is a very important thing to remember as well. Thank you, Jim. Uh, TJ in Cleveland. Go ahead, TJ. Yeah. You know, Bob, this hits me hard every year, but this year even harder. When I see the attacks on our police, and I think about them rushing in the belly of the beast to save people, I didn't see any pampered millionaire athletes rush in anywhere to save anybody. I didn't see any Hollywood libtards ever risk their life to rush in to save anybody. And then even in the aftermath, when people were rushing to the recruiting office, one professional athlete out of all of them actually uh, went and recruited. I think his name was Tillis. I could be wrong. You know, NFL player. Yeah, you're talking Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman. Or Tillman. Yes. Yes. It seems like uh, in this country, it's always the conservatives that step up to defend this country. And these libtards sit back and enjoy American privilege, and all they do is criticize. They never lift a finger in defense uh, of this country ever. And then to make it worse, the people that are doing the job for them and, and securing them freedoms and privileges, what do they do? They criticize them. They criticize the police. They criticize our troops. You know, this year it really hits me, you know, strong when I think of what's happening on the left. Uh, maybe the next time something like this happens, the police should pull back. Let BLM, let Antifa, let these libtards rush in and save people. And I don't think we'll ever see that happening. And, and, and well, it's just like I said, it makes me sick to my stomach. I know, TJ. I know it does, and it does mine, too. Thank you, my friend, for the call. Um, I'm going to get our news now. But when it's over, I'm gonna. It's it's kind of amazing. I think how many of us think alike um, between what TJ just said and what a caller said off the air, which I'll share, and what I said last night at my speech in Avon. Um, it is pretty amazing how uh, how many of us, you know, the old adage of great minds think alike. Uh, how many of us are like minded on this? Uh, and I'll explain what I mean by that and take more of your phone calls right after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1036, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. I just want to follow up on something that I mentioned uh, right before the bottom of the hour news. Um, TJ called and made a point uh, uh, that was also interesting because I got an, uh, an off-the-air call from BJ, I'm told, by our screener who, uh, who, who brought up something similar uh about where we are now and tj was talking about celebrities and we're talking about all of the you know how they don't do anything to help uh people when they're really in need and you know where were they rushing when you know when uh when the when our real heroes were rushing the towers and so on and so forth and bj called and said there's something different going on now um 
and how did he phrase it? I'm, I'm told he said uh, what happened on 9-11 was from an outside enemy. Now our cities are being burned from an inside enemy. And it's almost like BJ was at my speech last night. He wasn't. But um, this is, again, great minds thinking alike. Um, last night in my speech to the Avon Avon Lake Republican Club, um, I, I said very distinctly that if you fast forward from September 11, 2001 to September 11, 2020, black clouds of smoke that were over Manhattan are once again filling the skies over major American cities today. We see them every night for over 100 consecutive nights. And we're not even shocked by that black smoke or the clouds of tear gas that come with it or the clouds of pepper spray and the fireworks that uh, used to commemorate our independence but now are being used as weapons fired at other human beings. The difference, of course, as BJ said and I said last night, is that American citizens are lighting the fires. Then it was the jihadists responsible for the flames. Now it's American citizens setting those fires every night. And this time, the first responders are police who were cheered for rushing to save people's lives on 9-11-01. Now police are demonized as they rush to save people on 9-11-20. And on 9-10-20 and on 9-09-20 and going back for the last four months and probably going to be that way on 9-12 and 9-13 and probably... Lord only knows how far into the future. They're demonized, they're spat upon, they're assaulted, they're shot by an angry segment of the population that wants to get rid of them altogether. On 9-11-01, liberals and conservatives, Republicans and Democrats, blacks and whites, all rallied together to save the country. But on 9-11-20, the radical American left isn't rallying together, they're rioting together to destroy and tear apart the country. And that's just the reality of the situation. There is, There will never be... Somebody put on my Facebook page a question during the last segment or two. I saw it during one of the commercial breaks. Let me see if I can grab that real quick. But somebody asked the question when I put the pictures, because I, you know, I, I don't like to put the glorious, beautiful thing. On 9-11, I want everybody to remember the horror. So I've reposted some pictures of people falling or, or leaping from the buildings, others waving frantically, uh, hoping to be saved before they burn alive, the destruction of the towers uh, after they have collapsed. <clears throat> I put these pictures there, and somebody said, Michael said, Bob, will it take another event like this to pull Americans back together? And my answer was, no, that wouldn't do it. If there was another 9-11 right now, an attack from the outside, immediately the default position of the left would be orange man bad. Trump did it. Trump is responsible for it. Trump could have stopped it, but didn't stop it. Trump inflamed our enemies. He enraged the Arab community. He enraged the Muslims because of this, that, or the other thing. No, it wouldn't be. We are not the same country now. And it's not. Repeat, not because of conservatives who are still patriotic and loyal to the same flag and the same anthem and the same country and the same spirit and the same foundation upon which this constitutional republic was built, it's not because of what we are doing. It is because there is a large segment of the population that does not believe in any of it, in the flag or the anthem 
or the pledge or the foundational principles upon which this constitutional republic was built. They don't believe in any any of it. They're telling you that every day, every night, as they march and chant, and as they burn and loot, and as they riot and as they assault. They're telling you every day. They're burning the American flag. They're making people pull the thin blue line flag out of the public eye. They're, They're saying that capitalism must go, Marxism must be implemented. Marxism, socialism, communism. They're telling you they don't believe in what this country stands for. If this country got attacked today by outside terrorists like Al-Qaeda in the same way that we did 19 years ago, there is a segment of the radical American left that would cheer. Because this, as the Reverend Jeremiah Wright said, is the chickens coming home to roost. This is what a racist, evil, diabolical society like the United States deserves. They brought it on themselves. You think I'm exaggerating? Just go listen to the rallies and the riots. Listen to what they're saying. They want the United States destroyed, and they would cheer anybody who helped to make that happen. Now, mind you, I'm not saying every Democrat or every Biden voter would cheer. That would be that would be reckless and ridiculous. But I'm talking about the radicals who hate America. And they are running the show. And I'm talking about Antifa, and I'm talking about BLM Inc, and I'm talking about Revcom USA. I'm talking about the Revolutionary Revolutionary Abolitionist Party. I'm talking about all of them that hate this country. For what it is. No, another 9-11 wouldn't pull America back together. It would probably drive us further apart. Because as they cheered, we would be enraged. What a sad state of affairs. Yes, the flames are still burning. But no, it's not from a jet fire. In a twin tower in Manhattan. The flames are filling the sky and the black smoke is filling the sky in portland and in seattle and in minneapolis and in oakland and st louis on a regular basis and it's being fueled by the american media including the american sports media did you see and listen to the nfl game last night i did not i have started the walkaway campaign or at least i'm part of it from for professional sports Because what they are doing, and I did see the coverage of it this morning. You know, that's what I mean. I don't watch the games. I will not, even though I love football and I love sports, period. I I dedicated the first part of my career in in broadcasting to sports radio. I love sports, but I have walked away from it. I have not watched one dribble of the NBA since they returned. I have not watched one pitch in Major League Baseball, and I did not watch last night. But I did see this morning what was done. And the fact that they're going to continue to jam Marxism down our throats, and that's what BLM is by their own admission. The NFL, through its end zone messaging, its scoreboard messaging, and its announcers, and its players trying to jam 
Marxist ideology down the throats of the American people? Walk away. I will not watch it. I will not have anything to do with it. And if you care at all, honestly, about this country, and if you care at all about this country's um, ability to remain free, to focus and dedicate ourselves to our liberty, if you care at all about that, you will not support organizations that support its end. Because your liberty will end when Marxism and socialism, the type that the radical left and the Democrat Party are, are promoting right now, and planning and literally introducing on the, on, on the floor of Congress things like the Green New Deal and others, when you listen to these radicals and then you support the organizations that are supporting them, like the multi-billion dollar uh, sports corporations, then you're contributing to the end of the liberty that you hold so dear. I won't do it. And you shouldn't do it either. Peter Kersenow is on with us every Tuesday. Well, he was on uh, with uh, Shannon Bream yesterday, and he was asked about this very situation. Let me, and I know you hear Peter a lot on my program, but I think this is worth listening to as well. Precisely what happened. Well, I, I think he's absolutely right. I think uh, the NFL and the other sports leagues that are embracing the BLM narrative are making a giant mistake. I think uh, what they've done is they've forgotten that uh, you know they're injecting controversy into an area where traditionally Americans have sought refuge in sports. It's an escape from the controversies, the troubles, the tensions of the day, and yet they're throwing it in the, fan, in the face of the fans, many of whom are opposed to the stance that the players are taking. It may be okay to take that kind of a stance in your own private activities, but people want to have that refuge. But even beyond that, um, it's something that is contrary to facts. The entire BLM narrative upon which the protests, the kneeling, and so on and so forth are based is based on the false narrative that there is systemic racism throughout the country. The country is suffused with uh, racism everywhere, systemic racism especially. Peter is 100% right. This is what I talked about as well in my speech last night. And I'm looking, as Peter is talking on this Fox News video that I'm sharing with you right now, they're showing the uh, stadium last night the, uh, where the game was played and the scoreboard. And the scoreboard is, 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 is rotating through messages saying, end racism now and we believe black lives matter. I don't go to football games to be lectured about how racist our country is. I go to football games to watch and be entertained by athletes. And nobody anywhere in this country that I have heard in public or private settings believes that black lives don't matter. Nobody. Of course they matter. But Black Lives Matter isn't about black lives. It is about Marxist and political revolution. It is about insurrection. And they admit it. And when the NFL puts We Believe Black Lives Matter across their giant 50 yards long scoreboard... They are giving it more fuel. 
generating more donations to the organization that has its members marching through the streets yelling the words legitimately, literally, and on tape, Death to America! Death to America! Death to America! And on the eve of the 19th anniversary of 9-11, in which others tried to bring death to America by way of those terrorist attacks, the National Football League is promoting death to America by giving the Black Lives Matter organization all of that free publicity and promotion. Black Lives Matter, Inc. wants America as it exists to cease to exist. They want death to America, and they want a new, socially just nation built in which there is no wealth gap, in which there is no um, quote-unquote systemic racism. They want the United States where liberty and justice are for all to be eliminated and rebuilt in a socialist model where they think they will have a better opportunity to thrive. The problem with their thinking, the flaws in their thinking, is that if socialist models were the ones in which brown and black people can thrive, then why aren't they thriving in socialist countries now? Why are brown and black people by the millions risking their lives to get into this systemically racist country where supposedly black lives aren't treated as if they matter? Why are black and brown people trying to kill themselves to get here where they can be killed by a systemically racist nation? I apologize for the tangent I got off on there, but I've had my fill of this. And if you are still saying, yeah, but I love the Browns, I'm going to watch the games, then you know what? You're part of the problem. I'll be right back. Quite a contrast there, isn't it? From the lakes of Minnesota. Proud to be an American. Death to America. Which side of the political ideological scale is shouting each? Which side believes in pride in America? And which side is chanting death to America? 
And which side is the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, all of Hollywood, all of the music industry, and all of the mainstream media feeding and promoting? Are they promoting Lee Greenwood's message? Or are they promoting Black Lives Matter's message? Antifa's message? It's beyond infuriating. It's terrifying. Matthew, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, Matthew. Thank you, Bob, for taking my call. Boy, you got me wound up this morning, too. But anyhow, uh, going back to this 9-11, I, was, uh, I, was, I live in Medina, and I was driving to uh, a veteran's um, breakfast in Parma, and I, I had the radio on. It came on about the, the plane hitting the towers. I was in shock when I got to the pool, when I got to the restaurant, I went in and I told the guys about it. Some of them had heard it and some hadn't. And uh, we were in shock, Bob, complete shock. We couldn't believe it. And I'm saying to you, if these people in this country don't wake up, you know, most of them, uh, everybody runs around like a, like a little sheep. They're wearing a mask all the time and they're doing this and they're hiding there and they're hiding. Hell, I'm not putting on a mask for anybody. And, and uh, I had lost two doctors for that same reason last week. And they can go well, to hell, and I'm well, telling Ma- you, go ahead. Matthew, I understand and appreciate exactly what you're saying, my friend. I appreciate the call. I'm going to move on, though, to stay on the 9-11 subject for the last couple of minutes of the program. Mark in Cleveland Heights. Go ahead, Mark. Hi, Mr. France. I appreciate you taking the call. First of all, yes, I've got to agree with everything you said. I didn't watch the NFL last night. I'm not going to watch it this year at all. I was supposed to be there on 9-11. I got a call the night before that changed my schedule. I had many friends and, and acquaintances that were in the towers that day. And it, I will never forget that day. And it's just, we need as a nation to somehow keep going and bring that back. And I don't know where we're headed. I don't know what we're going to do and how we're going to change it. But the thing I do know is there are a lot of people that I talk to that don't get on the media that do remember and do care and are not screaming, kill America. We need to keep them in mind. Well, um, thank you for that, uh, uh, Mark. I appreciate it. Look, where are we going? It is very simple. We'll know in a couple of short months. Um, if you elect the party of Ilhan Omar, if you elect the party of Sharia Tlaib, if you really elect the party of Kamala Harris, the party of Joe Biden, the party of Nancy Pelosi, you will be electing the party that stands with those who are screaming death to America and calls it peaceful. You will be uh, choosing to be led by the party that truly does not believe that America is a nation of greatness, that it's America of racism, that it's an America of, of, of misery, that it's an America that looks down and disdains upon other people who look different from the majority. If you support that, that narrative and you support that party and you allow it to take over, you are dedicating the next four years or beyond to that type of misery. On the other hand, if you elect people that represent a party that believes in American greatness, that believes in America as a free and fair and equal nation for all, then we have a chance of putting this ridiculous anarchy down. And that's all I can say about it this morning. Be safe and be free this weekend. We'll see you Monday.